With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I know a lot of you are excited for the NFL draft. And I know that because of the numbers that we saw on Sunday night for the documentary, The Last Dance, about Michael Jordan and the 1990s era Chicago Bulls. Over 6 million people watched that on Sunday night. Only two regular season NFL, uh, NBA games, sorry, had a higher rating so far this season than Jordan and the Bulls and that nostalgic flashback into the world of Phil Jackson, uh, Dennis Rodman, who I'm looking forward to hearing about, by the way, uh, this coming Sunday, Scottie Pippen and his contract. You know it's old school when 20 years after that year, on Monday, everybody was debating Scottie Pippen's contract and his decision to have surgery uh, during the beginning of the season as opposed to during the summer. But man, what an unbelievable audience there was for that event combined with a lot of the excitement that's out there about what's going to happen in the NFL draft on Thursday. Now, if you were regular uh, listeners to this program, you know on Thursday's show, we will allow the OutKick audience to do the mock draft. Every year, there's massive amounts of mock drafts. And do, you, do you still have the data on that, Danny G, how we've done over the years? I know we, we kept up with it for a while. I have no idea where that data is. Do you still have it? For like the last five years or so, four years, whatever the math is, we have done a draft on Thursday 
where we just open up the phone lines and we do our own version of the mock draft and see how we do compared with all the other mock drafts that are out there floating around. I know we keep track of it the next day and grade it, but have you kept up with any of those to see how we've done over the years, Danny G? I think I have last year's results. All right. We got to remember to file these away somewhere so we can see how we do historically. This one seems like one of the wilder years that are out there. And in particular, there's all this fear about how things are going to work out technologically. And I think that's going to make the draft even more watchable. Because if you remember, I would say the most exciting entry to the draft that we've had in recent history was when Laramie Tunsil, from his own Twitter account, got hacked and they tweeted out him smoking weed in a gas mask. Do you? Remember? I mean, that's one of the greatest NFL draft stories of all time, right in the immediate minutes before the draft started. And then if you remember... Right after that draft, in the post uh, post media meeting, right after he was drafted, Laramie Tunsil admitted that he had been paid by Ole Miss. So there was just so many fireworks surrounding that situation. Uh, and Laramie Tunsil, by the way, obviously has turned into a very good player in the NBA. I mean, the NFL. And we got uh, the Miami Dolphins did a value where they drafted him. And then they were able to trade him to the Houston Texans who were in the process of trying to figure out exactly how many years to commit to him. But that's the kind of zaniness that could happen. Now, it seems pretty clear that we know what's going to happen with the first two picks in that barring really, really wackiness, Joe Burrow is going to go number one overall. And then Chase Young is going to go number two to the Washington Redskins. So the Bengals are going to take Burrow and then Young is going to go to the uh, to the Washington Redskins. But then everything kind of is at a pivot point on the number three pick. Now, it's possible that the Lions are going to go ahead and pick, go DB, Jeff Akuda out of Ohio State. But if that doesn't happen, then that's where some of the drama surrounding Tua could really come into play, in particular with the jockeying going on at five and six. What are the Dolphins going to do and what are the Chargers going to do? Which of those two teams is most uh, gung-ho about either Tua or Justin Herbert? Uh, that is where the real moves start to happen. And I'm not sure and you're not sure and maybe the Dolphins aren't even sure what exactly the plan is there. Because if Miami is hardcore committed to either Tua or Herbert. They've been smart, and they haven't really let it out. And you got all sorts of disinformation going on right now because the Giants are like, oh, you know what? We've been looking at Tua and Justin Herbert. Hint, hint, you better have, you might have to trade up and, and get our pick in order to avoid the five and six picks being sitting there. And look, it's possible that the Chargers really don't feel that strongly about either of these guys. And they're like, you know what? We're willing to take either Herbert or Tua. It's also possible the Chargers feel like they need to trade up, which is what I believe is going to happen, in order to get the quarterback that they prefer. But the Dolphins have been pretty good so far about not letting out which of these two guys they prefer, which could theoretically allow somebody else to be willing to make the move to trade up past them. So that is the drama that is surrounding 
everything in the NFL draft right now. And in particular, it's about the quarterbacks. Uh, And also, it doesn't seem like really anybody else is in the mix to be that high of a draft pick at the quarterback position. Jordan Love, right around 20-ish, seems to be where he might go. And then nobody else really outside of those guys seems like a quarterback that's going to go in the first round. So at least right now, there doesn't seem to be anybody that's fallen in love with Jake Fromm, with Jacob Eason, or with Jalen Hurts. Doesn't mean it might not happen, but just right now, there hasn't been that rush, uh, that commitment, that love affair. Now, our good buddy Peter King who, if you haven't heard uh, his interview last week, you need to go check it out. He came on the show and got blown up. But in his column that he put out on Monday, he had the Patriots blowing everybody's mind, Tua falling a decent amount, and the Patriots trading up and taking him. Now, that would really blow everyone's mind if Bill Belichick got a quarterback like Tua Tagovailoa And we were talking about the Patriots going straight from Tom Brady to Tua. Speaking of wackiness and Tom Brady, Tom Brady was working out in a Tampa park by himself and wasn't allowed to be there because the parks were still shut down. Now, I don't know how much longer the uh, Florida parks are all going to be shut down, Uh, And by the way, some places are starting to open up based on city and state uh, determinations. Uh, In particular, we've got Texas, which is on the way to opening up, Tennessee and Georgia, all in the south. Uh, Lots of other states also looking at the idea of opening up. And we didn't give you much of an update on the coronavirus yesterday. So let me go ahead and hit you with many of the details surrounding the coronavirus right now uh, to, uh, to let you be aware of what exactly is going down. And the best news is that since we peaked, there's a lot of people out there that don't want to share any sort of positivity relating to uh, the coronavirus. Uh, but when you look at, uh, at the numbers, this is from last night. We have now had 16 straight days below the total new daily cases peak that was set on April 4th. And deaths to continue to decline off that peak as well. In New York State, for example, deaths are down nearly 50%. And we had a, I'm trying to do the math live here, 18-day, I believe, decline uh, in terms of looking at that flow chart. April 2nd, was the last time the death rate was as low in New York as it is right now. So we are seeing a pretty rapid decline now in New York, New Jersey as well, in the Northeast, which is where the vast majority of the illness and death has been associated with this coronavirus. We've also, and I don't know if the LA crew saw this, but yesterday, the city of Los Angeles came out with a study in conjunction with USC, the University of Southern California, which mirrors a previous study that came out from Stanford and says that a huge percentage of the overall population in LA, much larger than than anticipated, that a huge percentage of people in LA 
uh, have a uh, have the antibody in their blood. And I want to read this directly to make sure I don't mess it up. So a joint study says 4% of LA County has antibody to the coronavirus in their blood. And this is a study uh, that they do to test and see if you've already had the coronavirus. Not that you have it right now, but that you've already have it. And 4%, which would be roughly 1 in 20 of every person in the LA County area. And that means the actual infection rate is 28 to 55 times higher than LA previously thought. And this is a big deal because it drives down the death rate from the virus to basically the same level as the seasonal flu. And this is important. Again, I want everybody listening out there so you don't end up tweeting me or sharing misinformation. According to a study from Stanford University, which examined rates of infection in Santa Clara County, and also one from USC and LA County, two separate studies, the actual infection rate in the state of California is infinitely higher than anybody understood. The Stanford study found a 50 to 80, 85x number of infections higher than expected. The city of Los Angeles, 28 to 55 times higher. Sorry, the county of Los Angeles. And this is important because it means that essentially the death rate now is all the way down to 0.1 of the people who get the coronavirus. That is, even if you get the coronavirus, 99.9% of people who get it recover. And this is essentially the same death rate as the seasonal flu. So you might be saying, okay, well, what does this mean in a larger context if the Stanford and uh, and Southern Cal slash LA studies are accurate and representative, then it would mean that the worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario, if every single person in the United States got the coronavirus, would be that 327,000 people would die in this country. Now, the absolute worst case scenario wouldn't happen because herd immunity would come into play much sooner than that. But it means that the worst case scenarios, which have been sold for a long time here, and people like Peter King have bought into them with, oh my God, 2.2 million people are going to die. The worst case scenarios aren't actually in play we would have far, far less of danger from the coronavirus than that. I'm not saying that obviously everybody out there wants to have as few people die every year as possible, but every year around 2.8 million people die in the United States, roughly 7,500 a day. So that kind of puts into context the worst case scenario based on that Stanford and that USC study. Now, 
I'm going to open up the phone line because we haven't talked that much of late about the coronavirus, and I want to answer any questions that you guys may have. We've got a loaded show for you. In hour two, Chris Mannix is going to join us. In hour three, we'll talk to my guy Petros Papadakis. But I do think those numbers, I know a lot of you either going to bed now or you're waking up early in the state of California, but given the overall situation in California and the number of people that have the antibodies in their blood, according to this Stanford and USC story, I think this is pretty significant. 877-996-6369. Danny G, has this been getting very much uh, attention in Los Angeles? Uh, This study that showed that uh, 4% roughly of everyone who lives in LA County already has antibodies to the uh, coronavirus? Yeah, it was all over Twitter and social media. I saw it on Facebook. That's a positive, right? So a lot of people hear that the rate of infection is higher than they expected, and they think, oh, my God, that's worse. No, no, no. This is what I've been talking about for, frankly, months on this program, which is the denominator problem. And if you remember, I talked about this in the context of the NBA, when the NBA had 10 players test positive out of 120 I said, man, that's an 8% uh, issue of infection with the coronavirus. That's way higher than anybody would have anticipated in, uh, in randomized testing. And we don't know exactly what the rate of infection would be in different states across the country. They obviously would vary. New York State, for example, I would presume, uh, certainly New York City would have by far the highest rate of antibody issues in the entire country. Uh, and based on the rate of infection and hospitalization in New York, you would think that number could be around 15 or 20 percent, maybe, of the New York City population as a whole that would have coronavirus antibodies. Uh, if, you, uh, if you look at their number compared to uh, the rate of infection, could be even higher. But it's a really good, uh, good result because it increases the denominator, the number of people that are infected, which drastically drives down the overall number of people that are dying from this disease. Uh, And this is important in a big way when it comes to the health of our nation, returning to work, opening back up a variety of different states. Until we actually know the percentage of people that die who get the coronavirus, it's hard to come up with any kind of rational public policy. Now that we know this number, uh, at least based on the number in Stanford and the number at USC slash LA being very similar, we're starting to feel like we understand this virus more substantially. Did you and your wife talk about this very much, Eddie Garcia, in the LA area? Did you guys talk about this study? Uh, we did not. Did you did you see the study? I did not see the study. See, okay, and I'm not trying to pick on you, obviously, over this. This, to me, seems like the most massive news that could be out there about the coronavirus in general. And I feel like there are a ton of people who are listening to me this morning that haven't heard it or seen it anywhere because this is a positive story as opposed to a negative story. Negative news spreads so rapidly, and what I've tried to do on this show is share almost entirely positive stories associated with our battle against the coronavirus. And some people have gotten mad at me, right? If you go type in my name on Twitter and you put in basically any negative, uh, any negative word with it, there's, there's a lot of negativity because people want you 
to buy into all the fear porn, to buy into the doom and gloom. Uh, I haven't seen, frankly, this story receive anywhere near the amount of attention it should. Same thing, by the way, if you're saying, okay, well, I live on the East Coast. A study in Boston, in a Chelsea neighborhood of Boston, found that 32% of all people that were tested there had the antibody already in their blood, which suggests they had already had the coronavirus. And a huge percentage of the homeless population in Boston had this uh, coronavirus antibody uh, positive test as well in their blood, and they didn't even know they had it because such a small percentage of people actually manifest in a negative way associated with the coronavirus. Roberto, did you see this story out of L.A.? No, I, no, I didn't. I, I uh, try to ignore the news at all costs. <laughs> and so I, you I, just my, completely... my wife turned on the news. I'm like, just turn it off. Usually all the news is bad. So You've just completely wiped out all news. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, Dub, did you see this story? I saw it on Twitter. I didn't see it on the traditional news uh, way, but yeah, on Twitter. All right. Well, so we're going to open up the phone line. I'll let you guys ask questions. I think this is significant because it factors in with the potential return of the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, all of these sports, 877-996-6369. You can weigh in and ask your questions because I do think the number of positive stories out there, I just shared with you that we have now had was it 15 or 16? I think 16 straight days of numbers below the uh, total new infection rate. Uh, we got Tennessee, Georgia, and Texas all announcing that they're opening up. A lot of western, more rural states will be opening up in the near future as well. All of these are really significant details, which I believe your average American sports fan and your average American in general are not hearing because it isn't negative enough news. So we'll open up phone lines. I'll take some of your questions that you might have about this in general. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome back in. Um, Interesting data that came out on The Last Dance. It's the most watched 30 for 30 premiere ever. 6.3 million people watched it, uh, part one and part two. And uh, the next best in terms of sports documentaries, 30 for 30 premieres for ESPN, we got 3.6 million people who watched You Don't Know Bo eight years ago. And then OJ Made in America had half the audience of The Last Dance. Uh, and the Fab Five, by the way, is the other most watched. And this speaks to the popularity of Michael Jordan overall. But what's also interesting is obviously every NBA player just about, uh, as well as just sports fans in general, are watching this documentary. But Draymond Green went on and talked about it in the context of the, uh, he was talking about this being the final run for the Chicago Bulls. And he was saying, look, while people are ripping Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf and, uh, and others out there for saying, hey, this is Phil Jackson's last year. This is Michael Jordan's last. This is the last dance. Um, What's interesting about that is how it's different than the way the Warriors had their last year with Kevin Durant play out. And 
props to Draymond Green for being honest here, but this is starting to get a decent amount of attention uh, because he's saying, look, unlike all the Bulls players who knew this is our last go-around, Kevin Durant not saying anything made it was the big elephant in the room, so to speak, of the Warrior dynasty, and it was hard not to uh, not to discuss. Here's Draymond talking about that. What should have happened was Kevin come out and say, hey, man, like, this is it. Like, so let's let's do this or this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? But you can't just leave an elephant in the room because what happened was the question came to us every day. Like, every time we spoke to the media, Clay and myself was asked about our contract. And it was strictly due to Kevin. Clay was saying, I want to be a warrior forever. Like, I want to be here. We started this thing. This is where I want to be. I'm saying, yo, I want to be here for my career. We started this. We built this. I want to finish my career here with the guys I started it with. And then you kind of had Kevin, like, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Like, and it don't matter, but it does matter because you're not the only person that has to answer that question. So Draymond Green going after Kevin Durant. There's no telling how many burner accounts Kevin Durant's going to create in order to respond to this. But it is kind of a, uh, I think, a valid position that that Draymond Green's putting out there, which is the uncertainty surrounding the contract status of Draymond Green led into a certain cloud hanging over the Warrior season. Now, I'm not sure Draymond's correct that if Kevin Durant had come out and said, hey, this is it, I'm going to go to a new team after this year, let's try to go win a championship – I think that the idea that the that there wouldn't have still been a lot of attention on that is not true. Uh, but I do think that if Kevin Durant had just said, hey, I'm committed to the Warriors for years ahead going forward, probably that would have been the better decision for him, you know, even before the injury happened. And uh, it would have cleaned up a lot of the uh, offseason talk and chatter. I do think, however, that it's interesting that the last dance is so popular that it's leading current NBA players to kind of contemplate what sort of analogies there might be between the Bulls and the Warriors. Um, And the biggest difference I would say between the Bulls and the Warriors, and I think this is uh, true in general, Kevin Durant is a great example of a guy that's not comfortable being a villain. And I think because of the rise of social media, and maybe the overall increased sensitivity of an emotional nature of kids today compared to kids when Michael Jordan was growing up, I think there are a lot fewer people who are willing to be the villain. And I was talking about this uh, with a buddy the other day. I said, you know, the best advantage Michael Jordan had in his career was there were a long list of guys who were willing to play the villain let him wear the white hat. And that started with the Detroit Pistons. Bill Laimbeer, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Dennis Rodman on that team. There were a lot of bad, quote-unquote, bad guys on the bad boy Pistons, right? I mean, they literally branded themselves as the bad boys. And then you had uh, certainly Charles Barkley, who was a bad guy compared to Michael Jordan's good guy, even though we now know that, that Barkley's uh, personality was not really reflected in uh, in the overall uh, in the overall reality. I mean, he's obviously a really likable guy, 
but I don't know that that came through in the same way while he played as it does in his post-career, uh, post-playing career. Uh, you had Reggie Miller, who was very comfortable being the villain uh, to Michael Jordan in the Eastern Conference. To a certain extent, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, pretty clearly villains unless you happen to be a Knicks fan. You guys buy into this? Like Kevin Durant created burner accounts to try to avoid being a villain. Is there a single villain and even the way Draymond Green is talking, like Draymond Green's a villain to some people. I don't think he's a good enough player to be a high-level villain. But can you even think of an NBA player that seems comfortable wearing the black hat that's okay being hated in today's era? Because I really can't. A good player who truly is comfortable being hated. I think endorsements have become such a huge part of the American team sport dynamic that guys are so afraid of being hated because they won't make as much money off the court because their endorsement dollars will go down. Boxing is different. Floyd Mayweather seems very happy to play the villain on a regular basis because it means more people buy his fights. I think Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, those guys, when you're selling pay-per-view and you're making most of your money off of making people come off their wallets that way, UFC, certainly Conor McGregor, at times has been very comfortable being the villain in a fight. But in general, in any other sport, any team sport, there's almost no villains anymore. Can you? I mean, who is the biggest villain in sports even outside of the NBA? In a team sport. Can you even think of one? The entire Houston Astros, man. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are going to kind of bail on that in general. I'm not. And even then, it's not because they're necessarily, like they're just kind of cheating the sport, which is different than, I think, truly embracing wearing the black hat. Like Lance Armstrong cheated in cycling, but he wasn't trying to be the bad guy. He was just trying to cheat to win. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Chris Mannix. Chris, I don't know that the NBA has had a better advertisement in maybe decades than the last dance uh, about Jordan, the Bulls, uh, and their dynasty. Do you agree? And if you agree with that, does it make it any more likely, even if it's just a scintilla more likely, that the NBA could have some momentum into finishing their season based on the amount of interest being uh, ginned up in this uh, in this Michael Jordan dynasty examination. Yeah, it's certainly possible because the way this is all kind of timed out, um, you're going to get the end of it, the conclusion in mid-May, and you'll have you know, as much excitement, I think, as you could possibly have for competitive NBA basketball. So if, you know, look, if we're into mid-May, um, there will be some decisions made. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that come, you know, mid to at the very latest, late May, the NBA will decide whether or not to return uh, to that they'll have a pathway to return to the season. And if they do decide to return, you're talking about, you know, just seeing this whole thing wind down. You saw the ratings, you know, astronomical for a documentary. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, it's it's not ideal, certainly, but given the circumstances. Uh, I don't think you can ask for a better lead into a playoffs. 
What do you think about LeBron's reaction was in real life as he watched this documentary on Sunday night? Oh, I think he loved it. I mean, LeBron's always been competitive with Michael Jordan, just the same way he's been competitive with Kobe Bryant. And when you reach that level, you want to be considered the greatest of all time. You want to be put above all those guys. But, I mean, these are this is the player that, that like most of us, LeBron James grew up watching. And, you know, even if you know – you know, sort of the broad strokes of these stories, you know, seeing them in documentary form, you know, just enlightens you to stuff that that you didn't know before. I mean, look, I'm based in Boston. I didn't know the anecdote about Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan on the golf course. I yeah. didn't know anything about that uh, at the time. And, look, I, I've written about and covered Jerry Krause over the years. Um, it, it, the first two episodes just reminded me of just how complex a figure he was and how polarizing a figure he was because – you can certainly say that, you know, the Bulls dynasty wouldn't have existed without Jerry Krause because of what he did, most notably in that 1987 draft with Pippen and Horace Grant. Uh, but you can also argue that they might have had one or two more championships, you know, without Jerry Krause. So, you know, seeing the, the kind of uh, introduction we had to Krause, you know, kind of sort of whets my appetite for were more, and I'm sure it's the same with, with guys like LeBron and other players. Was it fair to Krause, uh, who's who's deceased and uh, isn't there to defend himself in any way, to clearly make him the villain of this documentary? Yeah, I'm curious to see how all that plays out, and, and just how how you know they're going to get back to Krause. I mean, whether it's in the next episode or the you know three or four down the line, there'll be more dug into about the dynamic between Krause and Phil Jackson. Remember, Krause and Phil Jackson go all the way back to, like, the CBA days. I mean, Krause at one point loved Phil Jackson, and the demise of that relationship I think is really going to be interesting to see chronicled uh, over a series of episodes. It's, you know, you'd like to have seen it come out when he was still alive, and, you know, maybe maybe there are interviews with him that they'll break out in, in the coming episodes, but... Uh, him not being able to defend himself certainly makes it a little bit more problematic. Uh, at the same time, you know he's defended himself before. I mean, he's he's you know, he's put himself out there and explained a lot of the situation in previous interviews. What I think might be a little unfair, and it, it seems like this is the way it's going. That you know Jerry Reinsdorf is kind of painting himself in a way as you know kind of this sort of I was just going along for the ride. You know Jerry Krause made these decisions. You're the owner of a team. The buck stops with you. I mean, anything that happened to the Bulls, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf could have started or stopped. Yeah, you know that. And also, it's it's probably true that I bet Jerry Reinsdorf talked to them for hours. And so mm-hmm. this is where, you know, the documentarian controls in many ways the way that the story is consumed. So he could say tons of great things about Jerry Krause. A lot of that's on the cutting room floor because the documentary uh, filmmakers can decide, hey, we need a villain and our villain is going to be Jerry Krause and we don't even have to worry about talking to him. And you're right. Jerry Krause has told his side of the story to media before, but the vast majority of people would not have been able to say who the GM of the Chicago Bulls was, I don't think, before that movie started on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you might have known Jerry Krause's name. I would remember him uh, because I remember that those stories playing out. But if there's 6.2 million people who watched, maybe a million and a half at most would have been like, oh, yeah, Jerry Krause was the GM. And now people are – he's being defined in a way that certainly is incredibly negative. 
Oh, absolutely. And of the million or so people that that knew of Jerry Krause, I would argue probably a third of them knew the the exactly what that relationship was like between Krause and the players. I mean, just seeing that documentary and, you know, Sam Smith, who covered the Bulls for a long time, seeing him say on that doc, like, you know, players would openly mock Jerry Krause. And, and you saw some examples of that with, you know, Jordan questioning his height repeatedly, which, I mean, I'm sure that cut at Jerry Krause at times. Like, those, the, the tone of Jordan's words didn't suggest he was doing it flippantly with a good friend. He was suggested that he was trying to cut the man down. And, you know, as someone that covers the league and, and knows about that relationship, that was new information for me as well. So you're right. There's, there's a whole new level of introduction being made to Jerry Krause here. Uh, the other big story for a lot of people was Scottie Pippen's contract. And you know this thing was popular when Scottie Pippen's 22-year-old contract, people are like, man, Scottie Pippen's so underpaid, you know, 22 years after mm-hmm. after that contract was uh, was signed. What do you well, – first of all, you're young. Like, how old were you in 98? Uh, I was 16, 16 years old. Yeah, yeah you're, right around you're around. Then. Yeah, you're around my age. So, yeah. uh, so it's not like you were covering the NBA in any way. Uh, you were watching this from afar, as I was. So let me go this direction. For me, watching this, I loved everything about it because it was so nostalgic for my mm-hmm. childhood. You know, we grew up. You're around my age. We grew up watching Jordan punch through the Detroit Pistons. We were, mm-hmm. you know, the quintessential Jordan generation. Um, and is it also incredibly enjoyable, almost the same way that when I watch Stranger Things, a huge part on Netflix, for people who haven't watched it, a huge part of my enjoyment is like, oh, man, remember what the shopping mall used to look like? You know, like there's a Walden Books, mm-hmm. like just kind of takes you back in time. For me, a huge part of enjoying this series is being taken back in time. Yeah, I mean, and and you, even I went back and kind of revisited the clips from that time to – figure out exactly what was true or wasn't because again this was another example of it felt like Jerry Reinsdorf trying to rewrite history in a way I mean I'm I, I'm not so sure he said to Scotty don't do it you know you'll yeah you're sacrificing I mean I'm not so sure it played out uh that way but you know it, it, it you start to think about how you know, how that relationship and how that that issue could have been resolved in a fair way now I don't blame an owner for not tearing up a contract and and, and giving a guy more money, because you can't do the reverse, right? If Scottie Pippen had been a bust and his back had given out, you can't get that money back. So I don't blame owners for that. I think that in, in circumstances like that, I mean, yeah, again, it's all hindsight, but we see players nowadays, and Steph Curry's a great example, where you, you extend them, but you pay them below market value because they're worried about injury. You could have at any point in time given Scottie Pippen an extension that you know, would have reflected more close to market value but not maximized that value, made everybody happy. So, you know, looking back on it now, you think, man, that that relationship probably could have been salvaged and not toxified as much if they had just come to some kind of common ground. Jordan playing uh, in 86 when they told him there was a 10% chance that he would never be able to play again. Exaggerated, Mm -hmm. or do you believe that story is accurate? It, it, look, I, you know, I, it feels exaggerated, but as we know now, I mean, three decades later, uh, you know, the, the, the medical advances are, are been so significant. I mean, there was a time when an ACL injury felt like it was the end of a career. So I, I don't know what uh, – I don't think it was exaggerated at the time, given the medical technology that was available. 
uh, at the time, what they knew about certain things. I, I did think it was like you in any other situation, if that happened right now, there's no way a guy would play, mostly because the guy himself would probably be like, no, I'm, I'm not doing this. I mean, given the circumstances, that was at the time a non-playoff team. And can you imagine like any top player, be it Giannis or even LeBron, and they say you can play seven minutes a game, a hard number, that's it, or seven minutes a half, hard number, that's it, and, and that guy going out and playing? Like, that would never, ever happen. Like, the fact that Jordan excuse me, was willing to subject himself to that it was really uh, – that, another, that was another piece of information that I had glossed over at that time. Seven minutes per half and still playing well enough to help get that team into the playoffs and subsequently playing out of his mind against the Celtics in that first round. I mean, these are just more, more testaments to Jordan's greatness. So I thought that Mike Wilbon, I believe it was, right out of the, the jump said, you know, like – Jordan was the Babe Ruth of the sport, right? Like as you yeah. look at uh, as you look at basketball, much like and I said this on the show yesterday, Mike Trout is indisputably an infinitely better baseball player than Babe Ruth. Like nobody would m- remotely be able to argue mm-hmm. otherwise. I'm not saying Babe Ruth couldn't be a major league baseball player today, everything else, but Mike Trout's the best baseball player probably of all time. Uh, and and that's because you know we believe that people get better and better as time goes on. So LeBron can be better than Michael Jordan, even in terms of his skill, and I'm not sure that that's the case. But Jordan is for basketball the Babe Ruth of the sport. That's really, I think, a good analogy. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think it's it's fair, and I would even go a step further and say that you know I, I feel like in you know the late '80s and early '90s the athleticism kind of bounced off to what it is now. What I mean by that is I think Jordan could athletically play at this level that's played in today's NBA game. His game would adapt to to what it was like, and I don't feel that same way about, say, Bob Cousy or even Bill Russell. I don't think they would be anywhere near as successful yeah, right. in today's game because of the size. And But, but Jordan, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he was just, yes. The short answer is yes, that Babe Ruth analogy just just seems to make a lot of sense because he was sort of this mythical figure that 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 just transcended everything. So you're around my age. I watched with my 12, my nine, and my five year old, mm. uh, and so I was. You know, the five year old is still kind of becoming a sports fan. The 12 and the nine year old are big sports fans, and they absolutely loved this because for them, Jordan is sort of this inaccessible enigma. Yes, they can go look him up on YouTube. But they've heard me talk about him, and certainly they've watched LeBron. But for their generation, this is sort of understanding the Michael Jordan uh, aspect. I'm sure you kind of get that uh, to a large extent, but you and I are nostalgically watching this. How much does this impact Jordan's legacy for people who never knew and were able to watch Jordan? Oh, I would think immensely because you're right. I mean, there's a generation of teenagers – that are growing up playing like Steph Curry and yep. mimicking LeBron that just don't have any kind of clear picture of who Michael Jordan was and what he was. I mean, it's astonishing to even think about, but I'm sure there's a whole generation, millions, that when you say Michael Jordan, they think sneakers and owner of the crappiest team in the NBA. I mean, and the just, meme. Yeah, and, and the meme, the crying castle. Yeah, that's, that's another body you think about, but yeah. And and just being able to kind of watch this all unfold, and I'm glad it's a 10-part series because I think there's 
more is obviously more than enough content to fill you know ten hours of uh, of a of a documentary. You're just going to see every layer. I hope you're going to see every layer of Michael Jordan uh, unpeeled over the next eight hours of the show, and, and really. And kids like kids like the ones your kids that are that age and even a little bit older that just don't have that clear picture, they're going to see things and understand things that they never have before. And I think that really is only going to make you know going to reestablish perhaps Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. Uh, all right, let's go into uh, what you're hearing now. I saw your tweets from Adam Silver talking about mm-hmm. uh, the league. I guess he had a media availability last week. What are you hearing privately about the possibility of the return of the NBA? If it comes back, do you still think Vegas is the most likely destination, as you have written and talked about on this program? Where are we? Where do you think we'll be in the days and weeks ahead? Yeah, there, there's more, I would say, pessimism now than what I was hearing as recently as last week. And that's just because things are not turning fast enough for league officials and the medical professionals that they're working with uh, to feel comfortable. And a lot of that is uh, is connected to what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, which is testing. Like that, the, the mass availability of testing just isn't there just yet, and there's still no clear idea when it's going to be there. Now, I thought Adam Silver kind of subtly kicked the can down the road a little bit by saying, look, I said we're done for April. We won't make any decisions in April we won't make any decisions or likely won't make any decisions in early May either. So they're continuing to kind of move the goalpost a little bit. But the sense I get from talking to people and the sense I get from just the tone of Adam Silver, as I wrote about, uh, it just feels like it's getting less and less likely. As far as if it will happen, I mean, Adam Silver said he's been, the league's been taking several proposals on kind of bubble-like concepts. I don't really think they are. I think it still remains Vegas and nothing else simply because of everything we've talked about, the relationships with the city, with the hotels, the infrastructure that exists in Las Vegas in a place like, like a Mandalay Bay where you don't have to go far uh, to, to, to quarantine people. Um, I, I just think that if they do decide to come back, that's going to be the destination. I just feel more so today than I did at this time last week that it feels less likely at this point. Um, if it does end up uh, that the season is canceled, is there more? By the way, we're talking to Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix. You can find him there. Is LeBron James by far the biggest loser in the way that this all plays out? 35 year old, might well have won MVP, still could, but if he wins the MVP at this point, it's kind of like, ah, you know, most people are just going to shrug their shoulders versus he would have had a very good chance of winning a fourth title for a third mm. different team. His legacy is totally different as opposed to being a 36-year-old coming back with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, the Warriors having the potential number one overall pick. I mean, his road as a 36-year-old with the Lakers is a lot harder to a title than it would have been this year. Yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, it really is LeBron and everyone else on this this losers list. I mean, there's a, a Grand Canyon-sized gulf between LeBron and, and who's second. I guess you can make an argument for from Milwaukee, if it turns out that the loss of this season and the loss of the playoffs somehow influences Giannis's decision, but uh, that that understanding that the the full breadth of that is still ways down the line. But everything you said is right. I mean, you know, LeBron at age 35, it was a remarkable year, but we're just a year removed from him having his most challenging season of his career. We missed almost 30 games 
with injury. And sure, the Lakers have a chance to get a little bit better around LeBron next summer. Davis, we presume, is going to be back and still as great as he once was. They've got two uh, financial exceptions, one about $10 million and one about $3 million that they undoubtedly will be able to use to acquire somebody that makes sense with that group. And, and obviously the Lakers are an appealing place for anyone to go. But, you know, I, this is no guarantee that as much as we think LeBron is indefatigable, at 36 years old, will he be the same player next year? And if he takes even a half a step back, the things you talked about are true. Like the, the Warriors could be back on top. you got an Eastern Conference to ran Kyrie Irving stronger than ever. The Bucks and Giannis will be right there. I mean, this, you know, you, you know, we might look back on this five years down the line as this being the season that cost LeBron his last chance to win a championship. Indefatigable. What a way to uh, to drop. What a <laughs> word to drop, my man, to uh, to finish off the segment there. I appreciate it. Have a good morning. Thanks for getting up with us. You got it, Clay. That's Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix. We come back. Petros Papadakis, the Eeyore of sports radio, the man who is always grabbing the silver lining of negativity. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Petros Papadakis joins us now. How you feeling this morning? Good mood, bad mood? How would you assess? I don't know. It's 528 in the morning. I've been I don't know. I'm asking you, are you going to seize the day by the balls and, uh, and, and have a spectacular one, or are you feeling a little negative this morning? Uh, I'm going to try my best, Clay. You know, usually my mood is not – I've learned a long time ago not to wake up like Jerry Maguire style and clap my hands and say I can't wait for this day and what uh, it has in store because usually like when I do that, I go outside and in my living room, my wife and both my children will be like locked in some kind of death yeah. uh, match of anger and screaming and frustration. And then you realize that it didn't really matter what kind of mood you were in because your children and wife are going to dictate. Now, when I wake up at this time of the day, no one is up yeah. uh, but me. So I'm kind of living in a purgatory with you, Clay, and you're the one. You become my, my children and wife. You are the person that dictates what kind of mood I'm in on a Tuesday morning. So congratulations right. on your control and power in my life. You're, you're like a California politician. Uh, all right. So I've got a positive one for you. I don't know if you guys talked about this or if you paid much attention to it, but we had the Stanford study last week about the overall infection rate. And then yesterday, L.A. County and USC, your alma mater, come out with a study that says the infection rate is much higher than anybody knew, which drives down the death rate overall in a substantial way also. Much discussion about that. Any reason for optimism associated with it so far as you could tell? Well, as an ex-fat short yardage tailback, I will say that I've seen that study. Yes. I saw it because it was retweeted by a few different sports people, and one that I really respect, a writer named John Wilner, who is up in the uh, Bay B- Area. Big, smart guy, Pac-12. I mean, he's written a lot of good articles uh, in general surrounding the Pac-12. Right, and I saw Joel Klatt uh, retweet it, and I- I'll say this. I live in California. I've lived here my whole life. Everybody was sick in January, and uh, that includes people in my family, and it was the worst flu they ever had and all that. And so most people, when this started, really went through it like – or a lot of people I know, I should say, uh, saying, I think I already had it. Uh, 
you know, or so-and-so was super sick. Remember that? You know, and it was only a few weeks back. So uh, that kind of validates what a lot of people feel, I think, which is that they already had it. Now, who's got the 350 bucks or whatever to go do the drive-through antibody test and be part of the study? Uh, I'm not there yet, but if that's what it takes to get back out on the streets, you know, I mean... I think it's important to, to get things moving when it's safe, but I don't think anybody really understands when it's safe, and I think that's a big part of the frustration right now. Uh, roughly, it would mean 1 in 20-ish of L.A. County residents would have already had it, and you spoke to this, and it's something that, I mean, I don't spend any time in California anywhere near people who are living out there. This is something that I do hear from a lot of people who were out there, that the conversation about the flu and how bad it was in December and January was substantial. And so this provides at least some evidence that this thing may have been circulating for a while. I know the LA Times has written about that as well. Uh, when they look at That makes at, sense, at, too. Yeah, you know, the amount to of people, people like who come me back it's... and forth between China and, and California is substantial. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. that's... And look, again, you know, we're just... Uh, I'm a guy just having a conversation with you. You know, I'm no expert. But out here in California, where I live, there is a gigantic Chinese population. And that started in the in the 90s when Hong Kong was getting close to closing. Yeah. And nobody knew really what was going to happen. So wealthy people from Hong Kong uh, that were all kinds of different uh, uh Asian heritages came to the Pacific Rim. And that, that's been happening throughout my life. You know, where my mother lived and grew up, Arcadia, California, has a gigantic Chinese population. Uh, where I live, uh, the Palos Verdes area, gigantic Chinese population. And that's great. Uh, but that, that means there's a lot of people coming back and forth from China. So it makes sense. You know, uh, all of those puzzle pieces sort of come together. And uh, hopefully it's positive news uh, going forward that a lot of people have had this and, and beat it already. All right. Let's go to uh, let's go to the NBA. Let's make the easy transition from analyzing the epidemiological studies of L.A. County's uh, well, outbreak. Think of it like this, Clay. The Chinese government ruined the beginning of the NBA that's season that's and true. the end. That's true. They that's well thing. said. That's a good. That's a good pivot. They they did. They ruined the opening of the NBA season with their response to the Daryl Morey tweet and their response to the virus coming out of Wuhan. Uh, Wuhan. However you pronounce it, Wuhan. Uh, anyway, it's uh, like Wuhan, like yeah, the, uh, the way I like, like the old uh, Busta Busta Rhymes song. Yeah. Wuhan, Busta Rhymes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what is the reaction to the last dance among LeBron fans in LA so far as you could see it? Well, I got a few texts or tweets or whatever saying, you know, I don't like how everybody's washing the Bulls' balls and, you know, they're not as sweet as the Lakers and Magic went on our radio station and started talking about how they, the Lakers would have kicked their ass and then Shaq's Lakers would have kicked their ass and the Lakers, when they played the Bulls in that first finals of uh, Michael Jordan, they weren't at full strength, which is true, but I guess 
the overall reaction, I mean, my, my radio partner, Matt Smith, pointed out, well, you know, what we all saw, which is, God, everybody's clothes were so big. <laughs> yeah. You know? The and, suits and, is the best. It's unreal. And, you know, the other thing is, like, I was just growing up where I grew up, you know, and especially in the San Pedro area. If you showed up at a party with your clothes that were too tight, you'd get your ass beat. Yeah. You know, I mean, people wore the biggest ass clothes. It yeah. was amazing. Uh, and then just how great Michael Jordan was. You know, I don't think people grasp that, that didn't really watch the games. You know, they, they tell you about Kobe and they tell you about LeBron. And maybe it's something about being, you know, an 11-year-old or something and, and watching that guy. But that guy was different. And the numbers kind of bear that out in, in a different NBA when the men were men, if you know what I'm saying, and the sheep were running. <laughs> and uh, I just love to watch the guy compete. You know, I, I remember as a young person, you know, and, you know, I'm not a freak sports fan that wears a, a Michael Jordan cartoon T-shirt, although I did have an Xavier McDaniel T-shirt. Uh, I just I just can't believe how – it still bears out to time. You know what I mean? Watching the highlights, watching the past is still as spectacular as it was experiencing it in the moment when I was a kid. And most things, you know, including Death Wish 2, 3, and 4, don't really hold up to time. You know, like, <laughs> I used to walk out of every Steven Seagal movie saying, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like you know, when I was 13, like I walk game. out of a Steven yeah. Seagal movie and say, that was it. That's, that's the most best cinematic achievement I've seen in my life. When he poked that guy's eyes out with his thumbs was just the pinnacle. And it doesn't hold up, but Jordan does. Also, awesome sweats. You know, how hard did it seem like that he put on, like, that big-ass T-shirt and then, like, a tank top over it and then – pants and then sh uh, shorts and then another pair of shorts over. I mean, that guy was really encumbered out there. <laughs> We're talking to Pedros Babadegas. A big part of it, you mentioned it like the clothes, a big part of the joy, I think, for people around our age, and you and I are the same age, is going back in time for the nostalgia factor of the Bulls as well. But that's for us who lived through it. I was talking earlier with Chris Mannix, and I was saying, look, my 12- and my 9-year-old watched this with me. My 5-year-old, too, but he's really too young. But the 12- and the 9-year-old have never really experienced Michael Jordan, and they thought it was awesome just to be able to see you know, the footage and kind of know the story that they don't know very well. How much does this extend and or change in a positive direction Michael Jordan's legacy for people who – didn't grow up watching Jordan play. Well, I think it's going to capture people, especially given uh, that there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, other than the NFL draft, obviously, I think it's going to capture people and, and there's going to be a lot of conversation. But, you know, I, I'm not tuning in to watch the greatness of Michael Jordan and watch him drop a couple F-bombs. Like, if these guys are really doing their job, you know, they need to explore why he left the NBA for real the first time and yeah. all those conspiracy theories. They need to explore or uh, the death of his father. They need to explore his deep and terrible gambling addiction. You know, they they need to get into uh, the real red meat of it. 
because that's where the story is. I mean, Michael Jordan looks like he's drank more dark liquor than anybody in my life. I mean, I can't. I've been watching that drink and just trying yeah. to figure out, you know, where how many and times how many he had. Yeah. Uh, during the interview, you know, I mean, the sun has gone down and the drink has gone down. Yeah. But I want to know how many drinks. Uh, I, I want to know uh, a little bit more about behind the scenes, Michael Jordan, the kind of way we know about Kobe that made him more of a divisive figure. Uh, LeBron, you know, uh, I want maybe, you know, show a little bit more vulnerability. Uh, when you watch in general, one of the things that really jumped out to me was the idea, and it may be exaggerated now and becoming a little bit of a legend, but that he played with a 10% chance that his career could end because he wasn't willing to stay on the sideline. Do you buy that story, and what does it tell us about Jordan? Well, I buy the story. Uh it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I kind of grew up and competed in a time where athletes athletes played. Players played, and they wanted to play. And you didn't have to beg a guy to take a shot to get on the field. Uh, I'm not so sure how that is now. I think it's a little bit different. I think we celebrate the individual much, much more. But, I mean, at least personally, I grew up in a time where – sacrifice for the team was everything and noble and nothing else mattered than the moment and the victory and i don't know how healthy that is but that's certainly the mentality uh that you were supposed to have uh watching him compete uh you see that now 10 percent 90 percent 70 percent i mean you know it's just what a doctor told one guy uh one doctor told one guy and I mean, what does that really mean? You know, what are, what do percentages really mean when you're talking about you know somebody's health or what might or might not happen? I, you know, uh, I, I was a guy. I'm, I mean, God help me. I'm no Michael Jordan, uh, but I was a guy who suffered you know a debilitating injury as a as a an athlete, and uh, you know the doctors told me all kinds of different things. You know, <laughs> I think one one doctor told me I'd never be able to run again. Uh, and and I ran again and played football again. So uh, I, that part I didn't really uh, buy too much into. Last question for you. We're talking to Petros Papadakis, AM570 LA Sports, wildly successful Petros and Money Show. You can hear him in the afternoon on many of these uh, radio dials where you're listening now. The, uh, the the funniest part, I thought, of the, the first two episodes was the idea of the Bulls being a traveling cocaine circus oh, yeah. back in 1984. Jordan said there was coke, weed, and women in the room in Peoria. How incredible was that story? Not much. I mean, I would imagine almost every professional franchise uh, in sports was a traveling cocaine circus in the 80s. Yeah. Not, not to mention just a whole lot of people. Uh you know, I don't know what Jordan did or didn't do, but he's certainly a guy who had darkness as a professional and stayed up all night and played cards and did stuff like that. I mean, we know that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I thought the story was funny, but, you know, uh, just 
just to f- imagine that it was this one-time thing, and he went into this room, and there was this nefarious party, and you know, oh, I saw cocaine. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, it was the '80s. I mean, most party, every, most parties everybody went to had a pile of cocaine on the table, and I'm sure it got to a point in Michael Jordan's life where he was no longer shocked by that. Outstanding as always, Petros. We will talk to you next week, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Clay. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.